0: Resurrection morning to Easter year you. To our ever-growing online family, we wish you could be with us today. We hope you're feeling well. And we if you're anywhere in the area, you'll join so us Those of you that are with us today, that might be a first guest, Thank you, Jesus. So you could have a whole lot of other things today. You think have a whole lot about you you would want to come and honor the Lord and be touched by the spirit of God, Now today, we are stepping aside from our reflections we've been on, we want to know on the single greatest question ever spoken, that is the service of God. It has been a thrill to go through it, to it. and do it with you. It's the world's most significant event ever given, and we today are going to be focused on the most important of all of history: the impact of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ moment in the resurrection. He did is an international event around the world. No matter where you go, you'll find a celebration of Easter. In Bermuda, people fly home It was a tradition started with a local teacher trying to illustrate the resurrection of Jesus. In northwest Europe, they light large palm flies. They call these the Residents of South France serve an enormous almost more than 4,500 eggs. In Australia, you would participate in an Easter Moss parade. In Belgium, they will busily hide their loved ones' to the In the Czech Republic, young people flock, wander on the village girls, and hit one another for good luck. In Ireland, it's uh, the biggest racehorse of the year. Outside the cathedral in Florence, Italy, there'll be a cold cart full of fireworks. And in the Philippines, it's a week-long celebration at the end of the week of the of course, in good old Rio, it's hangover from the carnival. But in America, eat candy rabbits and eggs, the uh, failure your for sure. Can you wear your <laughs> beautiful spring clothes and play with the kids. That's what we do here America. Around the world, it's an amusing mixture of mix faith and, for the most part, innocent folklore. The actual term Easter is an Anglo word and it's a reference to the word light, appropriate to the words of Jesus. It is the light. However, we know that really Easter is about the resurrection. Easter is kind of like it is a Christian service where we focus on one of the great attributes of our own and Christmaston's birth and that time of the resurrection is each of in In fact, every Sunday is a feast for celebration. So that's actually why they begin celebrating having worship on Sunday the first day of the week and it is certainly a fact that Easter celebration Celebration, we dated all this coastal cultural cultural. So, whereas all the world has all kinds of ideas, the fact of the matter is, Easter is the and it is power, celebration for celebration, and it is the culmination of the greatest true story. It is the climax, the most important and in fact, it is the greatest true story. It is the story when God he came down to the and then he rose again. and it wasn't just deity coming to this earth, but it was literally love, and love finished with And that's why this morning, I want to preach on the subject, on 316, a pure joy of life. I've never really preached an entire message, or with this, on 316, I have some devotion to You know that went on you say, i to have too long a sermon. One Easter Sunday, Reverend Jones announced his coming to my good people. I have here in my hand three sermons a $100 sermon that lasts five minutes, a $50 sermon that lasts 15 minutes, and a $20 sermon that lasts a full hour. Now we're going to take the offering to see which one I'll deliver. Now, maybe I should have followed that before we had our walk. But uh, I know you're interested in this great topic. So, this morning, let's join our hearts together in reference for the Lord first by beginning the prayer. With the tie of your hands, if you please, let's dedicate the next few so so minutes to be begin. Begin the prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the great privilege of being together, being together in the house of Thank you for the that are joining us on Monday. All, morning, all the world is there. Father, today, would you coerce our hearts and hearts and hearts on this great subject, the greatest subject of all, the love of God. hearts, if you I've never really stopped and just smelled the roses on this verse, or, or oh, I've quoted it as a priest in the sense of people here and there have done some devotions to this morning, this is my offering. This John, do you think, what is this question? We've seen a lot on posters, media and film decisions on We've seen it in bad news, and we've seen it on half of these faces. Now, I think in order to understand John well, 162, we need this to support the professors too. I believe it will even add more about the future. This incredible message. We're talking about an event in first, but we're going to go to John chapter 3, and so i imagine if you want to go there, you can get this. But in John chapter three, we find an absolutely amazing event. It's amazing because it involves a Pharisee, a high-ranking religious a notable teacher. Historians say that he is one of the three richest men in the world. In a very out-of-character moment, he speaks out this strange, Bible-loving outburst. By the name of Jesus. In fact, he was so eager to talk to Jesus, he so no practiced spirit, he could not even wait till the morning. And so, in the middle of the night, this man by the name of Nicodemus, a Pharisee, goes to Jesus' house where he sitting, knocks on the door in the middle of the night. I'm impressed by the name of Jesus. I with Nicodemus's existence. I think I'm more impressed with I'm not sure if anybody knocked on my door this night. I'd be able to have a, oh, spiritual conversation. Here's a little like Moses. You know what he had to do with God. He grew. But anyway, um, now Nicodemus, he was a notable man of great accomplishment. And yet, of all the teaching about God, frankly, he would go and sit down after the fact, sit there in the sight of all of He would say to himself, I don't even really know what I'm talking about. I don't really know God. He simply had no peace. You would think for somebody who talked all about God, he would have the most people in English. What follows in this explanation and illustration of exactly what it means to go, ahead? Jesus, Jesus, he he go to heaven? Jesus addresses the deepest issue of and that is, Nicodemus, just let's come to the bottom line. God loves you. He is ready to forgive you, and he is ready to make you his child. Then Jesus gives the greatest sentence. 25 words long. It is has more quoted, more looked at, put on more posters more around the world than any other sentence. Here's what it is. So let's put it together, John chapter 3 and verse 16, using the authorized version, the King James Version. will on the screen you can read it with us. you we'll follow there at home, read along with us. It's so we'll be part of what we're doing. I'm ready to begin. Let's read it nice. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. I have ever been the last three I read an outline of John chapter 3, verse 15, I loved it, cataloged it, thought it was an excellent outline, of the scope of God talking about. So I offer that to you with some tweets and some meat on the bone. that i just it. And So in John chapter 3, verse 16. I find seven incredible truths, and there are infinitely more about the love of God. So I present those to you, you can get your ass and fill it in out you go along, and you can fill it you in the Bible, there, or whatever. But I hope you all look at them. Number one, the love of God is unconditional. The love of God is unconditional. For God,
1: so love,
0: for God. Do you really believe in God, or is this kind of just something you do, my friend? I do believe. This. Now I cannot prove that. Neither can you. I cannot take you scientifically to prove that. A real scientist could put all the facts together and sure they could do that. But the Word of God, the Bible, tells us that there is a God and He actually created this world. In the beginning, God says he created the heavens and the earth. That beautiful star that we saw last night, that wonderful rain that came down us yesterday, God did that. That's God's plan. You say, well, I don't see God. There's the reason for that. The reason you don't see God, I don't see God, is because by his nature. He is a spirit. That what Jesus said in John chapter 1, verse 24. He showed a very powerful man. He said, God is kind of with the proper outcome. Tell what so it says God is a spirit. And works with him, works with him too. And it's true. You say, well, I'm just more of a tangible kind of person. Not in this area. He was more of Let me tell you why. God was a God who had a body and had substance like that. He couldn't be everywhere because He's a Spirit. He is omnipresent. And God, thank God, He is in America. He's all the God, along. God is here. God, thinks the Lord that He is in Ukraine. He's in Africa. God is everywhere. So yes, when I look at that verse, I can say I believe He's God. Right. He says God, so love, the world. The word world there is the Greek word time. It is best defined as a whole world order. It's not just meaning all the people in the world or It just means the whole thinking of the world, the mindset of the world as part comes up. You could even look the <laughs> Stop right there. Did, did I just hear you say, God loves the cosmos? Okay, excuse me. Let's rethink this. God doesn't love the world. That's the prevailing false religious view of the day. They didn't believe that God didn't love any other nation for the future. And they God certainly didn't love those that were apart from those that didn't believe in me. God says, no, I love everybody. I love the world. Now, my mother is me. My father loved me. I'm grateful for that. But with their great love, they didn't love me as much as God loves me. I loved. love. I love her. And I'm so thankful for that children, grandchildren, children. I pray they love me, and I love am grateful love the world, but nothing compared to the love of God. In fact, the fact of God's love was so unique to the world, they had to invent a whole new Greek word to be able to define what God loves. was like. So they called the word a That's exactly what God does. He loves what a God love, so, but if there is one thing that we can take from this passage of the that we'll take away from the three pieces to today, and that is this, that God loves Each one, no matter how young, no matter how old, no matter who we are, God loves you. That great emotional writer, A.V.S., shows beautifully as captured this. The love of God is one of the great realities of you. A pillar upon which the hope of stuff. Oh, for the world rests. But it's a interesting that God does not love populations. He does not just love the masses. He loves. Say, God, His love is unconditional. Number two, the love of God is sacrificial. He so loves that He gave. He gave. Why did God give so much? He His love. Well, this is a short question. That's the most profound question I've ever asked. Why does God love us? Well, no human really can understand or even answer that question. But one thing is, God loves us despite the fact that we've not us. We don't deserve it love. In fact, the prophet Jeremiah gave, I think, perhaps the most unvarnished description of what we as people ought to do. In Jeremiah 17, verse 9, the first line of heart is deceitful. Yeah. And just so you wicked, who can know it? The animal's part of our being is so corrupt that we don't even realize to so what extent that sin has sinned in us. In Romans chapter 3 and verse number 10, Paul clarified it even more. He said, um, Just so you know, not even one person, not even one person is food. Not even one person is 100% holy. Here's what the verse says there, there is none like Just, just mark it down. No, top 1, there is none who even understands about it. But so how is it possible for a perfect God to even put up with us, let alone love us? Well, to understand that, you have to understand that That's why John, that same John the lovers who wrote the gospel, First 1 John chapter 4, Verse 8 and verse 16 as well, he says, This is why God loves. Because God is love. there never was a more important declaration than that that God is love. That is his proposition. God doesn't just have love, he is love. My friend, that is real love, not Hollywood love or that kind of love. I'm talking about real love. You say, Is there any proof of that? Absolutely. He demonstrates his love, his real love, by He sacrificed his son to die on the cross. That's what John later says in verse 10 of John 4. Here he is that love. Here's the demonstration of that love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the sacrifice or the propitiation for our sins. I don't a biblical scholar, I think, got it right the best when he said, Christ is the greatest in his life, how to live, in his death, what sacrifice is, satisfying our sin death, in his resurrection, how to talk. in the ascension, Jesus, in ascension, intercession, And so the love of God is unconditional, sacrificial. Number three is the that He is, is. only. Oh, By the way, in the Greek, if one and only. His one and only, the King James, only His one and only. His only. Not only was he willing to give, not only was he willing to give to people such as us, but we see here he was willing to give the only. So, the one and only that he had. Now it's one thing to get out of your abundance, it's quite another to get out of your his- Anybody that knows me very well knows that my. The most snack every day is turkey sausage. In the morning, my eggs, I fry up several turkey sausages, I will eat that with my eggs. And then I'll buy up several extra. So I can have it during day as my snack. It's a low carb, high protein, so that's what I eat every day of my life. Well, the grandkid has is discovered that I can have turkey sausage. So I fry it nice you know, and a little butter on there, you know, and so they figured that they should share that with you so every grandkid has turkey sausage and black coffee with pop. The other day, one of Nathan's little blue-eyed daughters came and looked at me wondering if I wanted to give those sausage. But I realized I only had one. And I still had several hours in the office. So I knew if I gave them my sausage, that would be certain. turkey Death. I was starved. But it's not possible to resist that little baby when you love somebody like friends. I'm going to tell you something folks, I didn't have a backup, but God didn't have a backup either. He was his one and only son. God didn't have a spare. He loved us so much that he gave us his son. God looked down from heaven and fought with all our issues and with all of our troubles and he still in prison, in you imagine. I saw a small lady wants to come in by direction. She's wearing a t-shirt. Clearly suitable for these words. Here I I made sure I gave her a wife, her, as I will tell you for You know what? When God sees us coming way, it is in so easy to that option. Here comes someone. All of us with our problems, with our fears, and our past, against yet God still loves us. God the Son became man, was born of the Virgin, and came for the purpose to save you and I, to save him. He is the only man who was ever born for a purpose of Dying a death that he didn't know, he took my sins that I did owe, and he tasted them on his cross. Just outside the walls of Jerusalem, they nailed him on the cross. And at that time, he took every from was that At that terrible moment, he was forsaken of God. think of it? Forsaken by the God who had first fellowship all of his life. In fact, the Bible says he was actually even made sinful. That's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. He had made his sin for a who now said that we might be made the righteousness of God And, Now think about that. Think about every sin He does. Think about the moment He took you, He took your fornication, He took your theft and your name. He took my anger and the hatred, He took all of that upon Himself. Every day we hear the ever increasing crimes, the killing and the murders and the injustice and everyday think of it. Every sin, Mr. Holy you, has just laid upon Jesus. Why would he do that? Why would he accept that kind of responsibility and that kind of pain on his holy life? He did it. He did it. The love, the love of God is unconditional. He is sacrificial. He did to valuable. Therefore, he God gave us his promise nothing about a real relationship here, real entity. It is his church. It's not some self-aspect concept. God's love is not just a philosophy or some sort of theological concept. No, God's love was made manifest through the person of Jesus Christ, a child of one Christian. Quote, John 16, the word The word only begotten God's that Fixed up young and he recorded it, and he said, "His only for God." So the truth is that's one of those Christmas times. I think it's probably more close to the other because sadly in America today, the fact of the matter is Jesus is for God. If He personally would come and people just walk by, His life is for God. His love is for God. His sacrifice is the God. And that's why it's our job as a church of God to get out there and be ambassadors for the love of God. Christianity is not as much a religion as it is a relationship with Jesus. He, he is a son. He is a person. And we're trying to explain to people, it's not about all the rules and regulations. It's about a relationship with the Son of God. So I Christian office said it so good. I love it. There are many reasons God's faith is to bring glory to Himself, Son of Jesus Christ. Other the sweetest these, God wants to have a relationship. He likes to have a relationship. He sends his flowers every night and sunrise. If there were any more on the top hill, you know, he can live anywhere in the universe. But he is. He's here to be a place here. I even the reason why we're even here. All reasons of humanity. God didn't have to create humanity. He was perfectly complete in himself in a certain path. He didn't need to create humans. He God wanted someone to love that would choose to love him. He didn't want just a bunch of robots that had no choice in the matter. He wanted someone that would willingly love him. Willingly give that his so he placed mankind in the Garden of Eden. He gave them everything they could possibly want, but with one exception. That one exception was an inviolable He said, You cannot eat, that's just one thing. And that will be a proof of the fact that my love is not going to force you. You eat, and it wouldn't come to eat. As they say, the rest of the Adam and Eve did, law Openly, knowing them. They rebelled against the law of God, but more. They rebelled against the love of God himself. You know, today people are looking all over for something to fix society. Technology, social media, political forums, everybody's trying to fix society. God says the problem is the principal problem. You need God in your heart. And when God gets in the heart, that's what changes things. That's what changes society. That's what changes this world. Here's what we have a relationship with other. The love of God is unconditional, sacrificial, valuable. It is is And the Bible is acceptable. I'm glad to say that this is not just some pie in the sky thing, but it's actually a favorable stuff. Verse 16 says, Whosoever. You didn't know your name was in the Bible, did you? There it is. Whosoever. You are whosoever. Yes, you are. So am I. It's in the Bible. Isn't that good news this morning that God's love is not to let few, not just to some the born in some country or some part of their skin or group gender or whatever? No, I am so glad that salvation is not difficult to attain. It's not for geniuses. It's not for people who are in holy people who have, you know, great wealth or whatever. No, the love of God is reachable to any because it's for a fruit the only Savior, Son of God? Now, that is not to say that while it's available to you, whosoever, that's not to say that in any way God's holiness or his righteousness has lowered. Well. Jesus made it clear to Nicodemus that night. He said, yes, God, that's love, God himself, is acceptable to you. But there's a problem. There's something between you and makes it clear what that is. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned. All have sinned and come short. No so how high they might be, they comes short of the glory of God. We are sinners before God. And it's sin that comes between us and God. Yes, sin comes between us and not just God, but between us and peace. Between us and fulfillment. Between us and joy. That's what comes between us and God. Yes, in spite of all that, salvation is accessible to all people. There is a hell, yes. That hell is a very real place. It is a real destination. And certainly, I pray that none of you would choose to go. But, friends, by choosing to believe in Jesus and accept the love of God, you have free access to the grace of God. And thank be Jesus, you can it absolutely is accessible. It's not just for a few Unconditional, sacrificial, valuable, personal, accessible, and number six, fixed non judgmental. Look what it said they should not. God the Father's goal in sending God the Son from heaven to earth was not to show us how bad he was or simply how unworthy or hopeless was. He didn't come to criticize. He didn't to he didn't come to punish. He came to pardon. He didn't come to destroy. He came to deliver us What he came to do. Now that does not mean that our God is our God of judgment. But you know, there's a big difference between recognizing right and wrong and between being saved and Very definitely, God will judge and He will judge equally. It makes no difference what your name is or where we come from. And he will do so individually. That's what Romans 14, verse 12 says. So then, every one of us, nobody is accepted. Everyone gives an account of himself Now, that giving account would involve hell if we do not accept God's Over our, God the Father said, you choose to go to hell, it's oh, he all. John goes on in this amazing chapter. Look at verse 17 of chapter two. God sent not his son into the world to condemn us. It wasn't his plan to condemn the world, although that's a real possibility. But it's not his plan. But that the world through him might be saved. Look at verse 18. But he that believeth on him, his blood condemneth. Hallelujah. It's not just everybody, but those that believe. He that believeth not, he is condemned also, because he has not believed in the name of the Son sort of God. This verse of mine sort of a very truth. That going to hell going to heaven, Going to heaven is not as much about what we do, it's about what we do. It's about receiving the solution. Sort of it's about refusing to bow the knee before Jesus. Those words may be that believeth not is condemned. of all this. I've had a lot of people over the years tell me something like this. Hey, I'm good at I'm good. I'm, good. I'm good. I mean, I'm sure my good outweighs my bad." Did you know that's irrelevant? Absolutely irrelevant. Because the Bible says we're already convinced. We're already judged. We've already, the guilty sense that's we've already been administered to us. And it's not so much as what we do to get to heaven, what, what's happened, what we have? not do. We even give it plenty of success. This past week, you may have read a of, there was a man in Maryland. He, for some reason, liked a He had a hundred of different aquariums that you know all about his house. A hundred snakes fell in his mouth, he had the incredible well well. His they were dead for about a few days or so, so they called the police to do a welcome check. They came into the house and found him lying. All the did. And you might imagine, that Now, let's imagine for a few moments that that man was there, and someone found out he had been sick. And so they offered him a solution. They offered him he crucified he, like Adam, so he could be that free. he could be through the mind. But in that moment, he refused to take the end Now, in that, it's not so much that he died because of the life, but that he refused the end And that's what Jesus is saying here, he is saying, you don't really go to hell because the of his sin as much as you refuse to give to them. If you would just say yes to Jesus, you could have eternal life because God didn't come to send you to hell. He came to take you to heaven. And He's willing really to give you that if you simply reach out and take that anti-them and take it into God's unconditional, sacrificial, is valuable, it's personal, is accessible, it's non-gentle. It is Look what it says. They shall have everlasting life. They shall have eternal life. Life and death is totally real. Death, actually, in scripture, is three parts. There is natural death. The natural death. We die, we're buried, we're created, whatever. That's natural Then there is spiritual death. Spiritual death is that part of us is called the Body, soul, and spirit. We are born with a. a That's the job's consequence. So, that's called spiritual death. That's already dead. We are dead, and We need to have that spirit made alive by the being born again. That's why Jesus told John, or he told Nicodemus here, he said, You must be born again. You must have a spiritual birth. There is natural death, physical death. There is spiritual death. And then there is a third death, and that is death. That's called God very long way, sad Unfortunately, they what God knows. And it's all because they didn't have to go there. Nobody has to go to hell. We can have, we can have eternal life. So how do we stop that? How do we stop this, this uh, girdling spring-spring of humanity going towards hell? There's only one way to stop it. That is true. You know the word of repentance for God's words. Right? society but it's a very common phrase throughout the Bible. Read the Old Testament. prophet after prophet says, Repent. Did you know what the first sermon that Jesus preached? Loving Jesus. The very first sermon, he says Repent. He said, God is calling to preach repentance. In fact, 112 times in the New Testament, he says Repent. Now, repentance is not really complicated. It just means to say to God, I sinned. I turned to this church, saying yes yeah? to Jesus. I recently read a story. about A lot you of know, great Christians, a policeman, an officer, is doing all my duty in his town. By the way, don't we thank the Lord for our peace officers? Praise God! Let's give them a hit. thank God for our peace officers. I tell you what. Oh of this uh, officer is more than right He was uh, doing his round face. And when he heard, he looked over there and again, sitting on a doorstep, the Lord, Jesus, he said, I so somehow, this little rascal slipped out of the house he got disoriented and was not alone. Well, the time he slipped and Little Boy knew you his head So he thought he was tired. with my friend. What So he uh, Is so this job? Uh, Are you by this hotel? No. Uh, anything, everything he said, Little Boy And then the officer remembered that there was a church with a church with a tall side of cross, towering above all the hills. He said to the little boy, he said, do you live anywhere that Tokyo is across the city? The boy said, right? He said, yes. He said, take me to the cross. I'll find my way to cross. Take me to the cross. I'll find my way. Today, friends, the only way home to heaven is through the cross of Jesus Christ. My friend, Jesus didn't stay on that cross. He rose from the dead. I am not speaking to you this Easter about a dead moral teacher. I am preaching to you about a living Savior who is off of that cross, and that cross is empty. Christ can come into every person's He can come in and can wash every sin away and he can give you no You must repent. It doesn't work by just saying, well, I believe all this. You must repent. Back in Acts chapter 17, Peter says this way He says, God has commanded all men, to so everybody has to repent. Anybody who's willing simply to, to say, I repent of my sins, I believe that God going me. He sent Jesus to die for my sins, and I want the following, and I'm to say yes. to If you're willing to do that, if you're willing to say yes with me, that's it. He will say, my dear friend, Pastor Paul, Mall, after three, seven years in the socket, which is a pleasure to his love. A few weeks ago, he texted me and said, for people that's later on today, he passed away over the case. And he said, I hope I get to make it to Easter. I have a young couple. I would like to pass on And he began to tell me, he said, You know, for several years he said, I always simply tell the people that really, going is this temple. Say yes what well, John Jefferson you tell us because he's it because you did say yes. He just said yes. And I said that will be happy. You said yes But he simply said yes to Jesus. So I tested him I'm to call honor of you, you know, to tell everybody. Say, yes, to the God. Yes, to, God. Yes to, God. to. the King. Absolutely. Hear a prayer that you can pray. Here's the prayer. If you will pray this prayer, you even have a thing to pray. Here, I am a sinner. I charge my sin. When I'm to turn for my sin. I receive Christ as my Savior. I confess the Lord. We hope you enjoyed listening to the preaching and teaching from God's Word today. You can get more information about our church and about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ at www.thehomechurch.net. From all of us here at The Home Church in Lodi, California, thank you for joining us.